We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The True Faith Newcastle United podcast, you've got Alex Hurst, Ben Wade, Andy Bolland and Cy Campbell and we thought we'd record a, an update on the lack of progress on the Newcastle United takeover. We've been preparing ourselves mentally and physically for weeks for cans, bottles or for Mickey who's not here, boxes of wine when it's announced and it still hasn't happened in, in, in every kind of, I think every kind of t- 10 days to two weeks we get these awful updates through the Guardian newspaper and then others um, that it's in serious doubt. And this is us all basically behaving as if it's already happened for the past, I don't know, three years. I don't know how long it was since the, the, the news first dropped when this this company house pattern came about. Um, but it's absolutely soul-destroying for, for me anyway. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we might talk about um, the friends of Steve Bruce, FSOB, in the media who are almost waging a war, uh, particularly through one, one radio station, to try and get them, get them the job for a, for a takeover that some of them say isn't happening. Uh, so more of that later. So, Ben, first I'll come to you. If, if anyone will know about international piracy matters, it would be you, of course. First person I'd go to. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, are you, uh, how, how are you taking all this in, this takeover stuff? Are you, are you a bag of nerves? Are you quite calm? How are you I'm doing, quite, mate? I'm pretty calm about it. I've tried not to uh, get get too t- take too much of it in in terms of uh, getting too excited. I think um, I know there's there's others uh, within the podcast group that are just like all in on it and are buzzing off, off every slightly bit of positive news. Me, um, but uh, yeah, I've kind of just been. I'd, um, I'd rather just wait and get excited once it's actually done because. I feel like we've, we've sort of had really positive news in the past and then absolutely nothing's come of it so it's one of those where um, yeah I think just there's a lot of people who um, want to get excited about it but I, I just think they'll it'll be worse if, uh, if if nothing comes about and I, I kind of think that's still a possibility that, that there is a, still a chance this doesn't go through so uh, I kind of don't want to just assume yeah. it's gone forward I, Can I just jump in there? I think there's a couple of things there that I sort of picked up on. First of all, there's not been many takeovers that have played out in the media quite like this one. Like we don't know that this is for certain that this is absolutely abnormal that it takes this long for them to comb through everything. It's just like this is a takeover that's it's probably the biggest takeover that's happened whilst the team's been in the Premier League since they brought in these checks. 
So it's kind of a, it's a first time round for a lot of people in this, and the media as well. You think Sheffield United, Leicester, Wolves, they all got taken over in the Championship, but there's far less sort of media scrutiny. There also probably wasn't maybe an exception of Wolves, the sort of desperation to get owners out that there is with Ashley. And I think you said something there, which was, you know, they've been quite brazen about and being overconfident about how far along things were. It's sort of, with all of us, all Newcastle fans in this situation, you have to sort of take a step back and realise that we're in this kind of, it's a good expression I heard the other day, echo chamber where everything's magnified by about a thousand times. So when Amanda Stavely, if she is, is speaking to someone like George Colgan and is saying, there's been no red flags, George Colgan then says, they reckon there's been no red flags on 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 Twitter it's like it gets taken and it just gets magnified by everyone that seems to read it and it gets retweeted and it gets passed along and it becomes this much bigger thing than possibly it is it's probably been a phone call by someone buying side to George someone's saying George George where, 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 where can I get those knockoff handbags that you were flogging <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean so it's like it's difficult because everyone's so excited everyone's so desperate to get rid of Mike Ashley I think that's part of the reason that this happens but I think it just needs to I think it will go through we've all got to be a bit patient and stop taking everything quite so dramatically the 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 weird thing for me is Keaton gets size thoughts as well but the weird thing for me is like you're you're right Bolland we all we all compare this process to things that we don't really know much about like we don't really know how, how long a Premier League test take, but at the start of this, someone from the buyer side was telling lots of journalists, I imagine, I think that's how it works, that this should take no more than four or six weeks. That, that was more than four or six weeks ago, I think. Um, but, but also, yeah, I don't know, it, you think about, I'm, I'm showing my age a little bit here, but you remember when like, Portsmouth got sold by like, blokes that basically, I, I don't know, where they found them, basically by blokes who had had no money to run the club, and the Premier League were like, "Yep, come on lads, <laughs> yeah. come on lads, get yourself get yourselves in." Um, the Man United, and this is so long ago that think people, the Premier League have changed, things have changed. But like the Glazers of Man United were like, "We want to buy Man United, and we want to borrow money to do it, um, and then we're going to sell the club with loads of debt." Uh, is that all right in the Premier League? Well, like, is that all right? Come on down. <laughs> you are, you are, you, and, and that was also that was played out in the media. Everyone knew about that. It, Alex Ferguson was involved, and everyone knew about it. And it just seemed to be like there was no question then of there being any any wrong wrongdoing. Again, that was a long time ago. Things may well have changed. Um, not that I'm trying to stick up for the Premier League here. But Bolin, I think there's a real point then, and one of my main issues with this is I wanted, and I am still confident about this takeover going through. This article tonight by Sean Ingle in the Guardian, and the Guardian is is not pro takeover, um, and for of Newcastle United, and like he's a serious journalist. He's not he's not a clickbait person, if that is even a term anymore, and doesn't mean he's right. But and he basically seems to have written the same story tonight as two weeks ago, but it's like we get one of these stories two weeks ago and everyone shits themselves, and then, and then you get stories coming out like middle of last week the takeover will be done next week Monday, all right Wednesday June the first the buyers are confident and it's like how, how can you have this complete disconnect between the confidence of the buyers that it's days away, and then people that are clearly being briefed in my opinion by the Premier League saying it's in doubt those two things someone is lying 
in, in, in one of those two things. Now, we, we as, again, I'm, I'm, I'm purely going on what I read. What we know for a fact is that this contract exists, uh, the deposit money is being paid. Like they are, they are the facts as far as I can tell. And it also seems to be a fact that this takeover is with the Premier League and, it, it is, and we are all waiting on them. What, what I don't understand is, is why does why do the buyer side... Allegedly, this is all allegedly, because we don't know. They, not that they listen to this, but they might be sitting at home thinking, well, we, we don't, it's not us, it's people, it's people print these stories without our say-so. And it, might, it might not even be Amanda Staveley or uh, they might be on the phone to someone who knows them and, and stuff like that, but I just can't understand how these stories keep it's coming Jamie out. Redner. It's imminent, days away, next week, definitely. What about me? He's mates with the Rubens in it. He'll be feeding all the bat patter, just trying to be relevant again, won't he? <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, Jamie Redknapp is the leak. Confirmed. He's always um, been a leak. Um, bloody... The, the bloody Redknapps, what are they like? Um, yeah, and, and, and anyway, as I was saying before that revelation... Um, like I just, I just don't get like that. That's what concerns me the most. Like one of these two sides has got to be right. They both can't be right. And and at the minute, the ones who keep saying it's in doubt and it's going to drag on a long time, they keep being proved right by the fact it's dragging on a long time. And the buyers supposedly are people close to them. And again, they haven't spoken publicly or on the record about this, so it might be completely unfair to attribute this to them. Also, might be accurate. Keep saying that it's nearly done. It's days away. Next week. Definitely next week. You, you've had plenty of journalists go on the record and say they've had, they've had contact from people connected to the buyers or a source close to the buyers, say that they're confident. And it's like, well, you have to, you have to have some self confidence that this is going to happen. When every time you say it's going to be next week, it doesn't happen. You know, that's, that's quite a few knockbacks to just be like, yeah, it's fine, still next week, lads. <laughs> like, what, what is the process? And I think, I think part of the problem here is, and again, I'm, I'm stretching a little bit. Why? Is anyone from the Premier League... Like, how do the Guardian know what documents the Premier League have? And, and fair enough, you could say the same people that submitted it to the, Gar- to the Premier League submitted it to the Guardian. Yeah, that's normal. But how come they know the Premier League's response? And if the Premier League... You know, this is supposed to be a private process that no one knows about. And, you know, from, from, what, I, you know, from what I hear and what I read, the Premier League aren't too happy uh, about these, these, this constant flow of in, supposed information from the buyer's side... Again, I, I, I can't comment on that because it's, it's we're, we are in the dark as much as everyone listening. What I can't understand in that respect, though, is why, you know, if the Premier League are submitted something, why, if it's supposed to be such a secretive process that no one talks, why, why are they, A, telling the buyers that it's, it's going to happen and then it's not happening? And if that's complete bollocks and horseshit, which would be worrying... Why? Why are they speaking to the Guardian about what they think or don't think about this process? Why is a Why is one journalist or newspaper? And this is like you know he's a journalist. He's doing his job. There's no disrespect to him. Um, what, how come he's the How come he's the one who's allowed to tell tell the buyers or tell the whole of the the the, the, the fan base of Newcastle United that this that this deal is in doubt? It's just it's just I don't know. I, f- I find the two the contrast between the two stories on this one really worrying because one of them will be proved right in the end and you've either got a journalist like Sean Ingle who's going to be proved to be a bullshitter pretty much um, I don't know if that's ever happened before in his career not that I'm an expert on his career or or everything's going to be okay and you know the Premier League keep, you know how long have they been looking into piracy at the minute like 
weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and you know i've got no idea how how this process works but i'm starting to get you know i don't think it's an unreasonable position to wonder when this is going to happen uh, like i said before the facts are that this is with the Premier League and that is that is a positive thing for me and me as a rational well I like to think as a rational person why would this stop you know this takeover going through which is so beneficial to the Premier League in my opinion beneficial to Newcastle United beneficial to the northeast of England benefit beneficial to the north of England in fact what you know the investment that's going to go into this area in this football club I can't understand why piracy is such an issue and again Ben you're the expert um you know, at the end of the day, this story tonight, which includes the line, I'll just I'll just read it out for you if you haven't seen it. In the story, you know, this is the essence. It says, Biaut Q have since removed have been removed from Arabsat, the Saudi Arabian, t- you know, TV network. However, Biaut Q illegal set top boxes, which allow major streaming of broadcasters including Sky and BT, are still widely available in the region um, across the region. Like, so what you're saying is basically the equivalent. As more of my uncles having somehow having like a Norwegian cable in the nineteen nineties that got the games on on a Saturday at three o'clock is is going to stop one of the biggest takeovers in Premier League history. That just seems so far removed from reality that it almost seems ridiculous talking about it. But that is what we're being continually told here is happening. So, Sai, after all that, like, where where do you stand on it? Uh, where to start? I think um, y- your main point around there just that the bullshittery that's going on across both Twitter and, uh, you know, in the know nonsense people and respected journalists on both sides. Uh, it's It sums up kind of what's going on in the world in general, doesn't it? There's only two two pieces of news that we've had as, as a group of people for like eight, nine weeks now, and it's coronavirus and takeover. And there's not been much change on either, so every day it's just the same shit over and over you, to the point where you, you just get sick of it. You get sick of reading the same kind of stuff. So... There's definitely a bit of a fatigue about the whole thing where the enthusiasm and excitement that was first generated kind of waned a bit. Um, the, there's a little bit of a worry, but at the same time, it's just kind of a... I'm, I'm neither. I'm just kind of switched off from it until something actually happens. Um, I th- I, as funny as your analogy about the Norwegian uh, <laughs> the Norwegian cable from the 90s, which I'm sure we're used to watching uh, in unnamed social clubs, um, <laughs> it's... It's probably a bit more complicated than that these days where the Premier League's money comes more from these places than it ever did 10, 15 years ago. You know, if, if Qatar are saying, well, we're going to stop paying you billions for the Premier League rights because Saudi are getting it for free, that's, that's what it's about, isn't it? So it's stuff that's way above my understanding or, or interest, really, but that'll be where the, uh, the difficulty is, 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 working out, is Premier League working out how to satisfy both sides of this when it's basically two states who... Who have very different ideas. Um, it's it's all beyond any anyone who has any influence or any kind of football people, so to speak. Uh, so I, I find the whole thing a little bit. Um, it, it's it's got it's gone above and beyond football for me. So until something actually happens that's tangible that <laughs> that I can get my head round, uh, for me I've just I've just kind of stepped back from it all. So you are you not you're not you're not kind of thinking about what, what cans or bottles or boxes of wine to have on a daily basis? Not at all. I've, I've, I've stopped looking at Twitter because it's just, for the same reason, it's just fatigue. There's nothing new, there's nothing new to see. It's it's people bickering about what they think is happening and what they and when reality is no one on Twitter has a fucking clue. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't get into this this whole hashtag cans or hashtag bottles or um, if, if it, if, even when it does happen, it'll be hashtag box of wine with Mickey. <laughs> box, yeah, I mean Mickey, who's not here, I, I, people won't know this. Um, be scared if you did. Me and Mickey work together, um, and every single day, every single day when I come into work, his first his first question is takeover news. It's today, isn't it? And it's like. One, I don't know, um, and two, if I did, I don't, I'd have already told you. So please stop asking if you're listening. Um, does my head on a daily basis? But uh, you know, I've I've tried to do some some looking at this, and I, and I know what you're saying, Sai, about you know TV rights. But there's a there's a guy called Bill Bush who oh, is um, Premier League director of policy and is an is an executive director. And his responsibilities, according to the King's College London website, where he's a cultural fellow. Um, his responsibilities include intellectual property, public policy, relations with government and EU, relations with, with fans and consumers, uh, and communications and the Premier League's community programme. And I think their responsibilities including intellectual property is the key one. I watched, I watched before this podcast him do a, a YouTube video at, at, a, at an event with Predator or something back in 2018 where he was saying the combined Premier League rights that the Premier League bring into the United Kingdom are bigger than the whole of like BBC, um, any other cultural institution in this country in terms of intellectual property or broadcasting are bigger than the rest of them combined. Clearly very proud of that fact and it's like, all right, well well done, mate. Um, congratulations to the Premier League for being astronomically wealthy. Um, it's a shame that most of the Premier League clubs are saying they'll go bust if they don't play again this season. Suggests they're not quite... Uh, as well run as they should be, but that's probably a different point and, and, and probably also nothing to do with him. But, you know, if the Premier League is so super rich and successful and wealthy, you know, the, the Saudi Arabian government or the PIF getting involved to buy a football club, it's not like they're going to want to try and harm their own product. Uh, this is just me in, in complete fan or layman terms thinking about it. It's not like they're, they're, they're buying a the, the Premier League club to harm or damage that product. Surely they'll be pushing for an ever-increased amount of television revenue from international sources. Like, the whole thing just does your head in from a, a really simple way of putting it. It does your head in because, one, I'm sick of waiting. Two, that we're, we're owed, a, as a collective group of people, as a fan base, we are owed possibly millions of pounds by the football club who, who will not comment on this matter. I mean, you've got tens of thousands of tickets against Man City sold. You've got the remaining four games of the season which aren't going to be played uh, in front of fans. You've got, what, March, April, May, and very soon June, four months of next season. That's eight months combined of season ticket money, a whole season um, that is owed to us as fans, assuming that we're not going to be at those games. I mean, we might be for the next season when it starts. And you've got this, like, no one really seems to care about that. And I don't mean fans here, I mean I mean wider media. And, and everyone just has to assume that the reason that is that we're not going to get that money back is because of this takeover, which the Premier League is holding up. And not only is the Premier League holding up this takeover, it's seemingly speaking to the fucking Guardian on a 10-day, 10, 10 to 14-day basis, um, casting doubts on whether this will happen This will happen or not. Just, you know, I almost wish they would just make a decision one way or another so we can get on with our lives. Uh, I think the football club's, like, really fucked, obviously, if it doesn't go through at a, at a time when football is, is massively under the cosh anyway up and down the football pyramid because of the pandemic just seems like we've got this ridiculous standoff um which the premier league is only it's it, it, on one hand seemingly telling the buyers 
that the, that that they've been given the nod and everything's okay, and on the other hand, telling the Guardian or the Guardian sources that the takeover is in serious doubt. Both things can't be true, and that's what concerns me most. So either the the buyers aren't telling the truth, if if indeed the sources that claim they're close to the buyers are clo- are close to them, or you've got the Guardian and Sean Engel st- talking shite. And as I said before, like objectively, you know, and I'm not a, an expert on it. Is he the kind of journalist to do that? Is this a complete fabrication? You know, it's it's got to be it's got to be close to one of those two things, and, and we as fans have to have to make a decision about which one of those is most realistic. And at the minute, the more that comes out and the longer it goes on, suggests that the Guardian side is is closer to the truth. Now, there's nothing that I'd I'd enjoy more than 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 this podcast to be completely redundant as soon as we start recording and it never go out because the takeover is announced, um, <laughs> but. You know, this this isn't me with any kind of inside information. Of course, I don't have anything. You know, in terms of NUST, people ask me this a lot. Have, have buyers been in, in touch? No, they haven't, and I, and I wouldn't expect them to, to either because they don't own the football club yet. I don't, you know, that's that's completely completely reasonable in my view. So, you know, which which one is it? Is, is, it, the, is it the buyers or, or the alleged sources close to the buyers who say they've had the nod from the Premier League, everything's fine. You've got, for example, Jason Burt of The Telegraph writing on Friday that the deal's going to be confirmed this week. Well, if it's not confirmed this week, there never seems to be any comeback on these stories. But well, what, what happened? What has changed? Why wasn't it last week or the week before or the week before that or one of the weeks in April when it was close? Surely these people who are printing the stories, have to ask the question of the, their sources, whether they're close to the buyers or the buyers themselves. Hang on, I've written a story here in a national newspaper, which has been read hundreds of thousands or millions of times. Maybe I'm vastly exaggerating the, the reach <laughs> of the press here, but I, I imagine so. What's going on? We never hear anything like that. And in, on the, But on the same hand, you've got Sean Engel and The Guardian and those kind of sources saying the deal's in serious doubt and could drag on for weeks. Well, unfortunately for us, because I'm massively in favour of this takeover they are being proved right. And if they're being proved right on the delay, will they be proved right on the fact that it might not go through? I know I've just granted <laughs> on for ages there. I don't know if anyone wants to interject. Yeah, you've, you've, you've raised one point that I, I think is, is, is probably an, an obvious one, but still, we, we keep repeating it. Is, uh, you, you're, you've said the names of some, um, some journalists there. I'm learning the names of a lot of journalists that I never knew before. Um, if during coronavirus times when there's no sport and there's not much else going on in the world newspapers are probably like scratching their heads like what do we do oh look they've just got you know you look at your rival newspaper they've just got a, a 200 million thousand <laughs> views on that as, as you put it what is it oh it's a tune takeover story right go and write one of them then <laughs> you know they'll, they'll all just be having a crack at it what's what's the worst to happen from putting an article out that says it'll happen next week um, you get a hundred thousand views. Some people call you a bullshitter, and then everyone moves on to the next story. Like it's it's almost like a, an easy win for all of these journalists because by the time people start kicking off at them for being wrong, the next person has done has done their story, and then the previous one's completely quickly forgotten. You know, like if you look at it, it's quite it's quite a murky takeover for a couple of, a couple of reasons. But sources close to the buyers. I mean, who who is that? Is it? Is it someone from like the Ruben or Stavely camp where you'd be like, all right, and I could tread, tread delicately here, but if it's coming from the Saudi side, like how trustworthy is this? We don't know who most of these people are. I imagine most journalists don't know who most of these people are as well. You just find out that they're close to PIF and they're probably leaking information, but how accurate is that? I mean, this is quite a, 
does does the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia like leak in, uh, information? I mean, but I mean, when you've seen accusations of them creating Twitter bots and things, I mean, this is quite a it is quite a murky piece of the world that Newcastle's kind of been dragged into, and I think that could be you know. It could be the same with, you know, sources close to the buyers. Who are these people who are they, like, are they reliable? The other thing on the flip side of that as well is, you said it yourself, you know, the, the Guardian for, you know, whether you agree or disagree with their reasoning behind it, are against this takeover. And there's a lot, it's quite a politically charged takeover as well. So you're looking at like someone like Sean Ingle, maybe he's got his own motivations for writing the piece that he's done today. I mean, it. I read it earlier. I don't know what's changed from when he wrote his article two weeks ago about um, you know these documents being handed over to the Premier League. I mean, why at that stage when the Premier League re- received documentation saying the World Trade Organization is declaring that Saudi Arabia are behind um, all this piracy? That well, nothing seemed to have changed then. It wasn't in doubt then. It was just they've just got these documents. And we're two weeks later on from that. I don't think it's made any difference because I think you've got to actually prove that the people involved with the takeover were also involved with that. And I think if they blocked it, depending on how much they want the club, they would just turn around and go, all right, prove it in a court. And I think it would go through eventually anyway. Um, But to get back to my thought point, it's kind of, it's, this is like a very sort of, I guess, murky world that Newcastle United has been pulled into for a number a number of reasons and I wonder whether these sources close to the buyer are truly that reliable because I think we'll have to get used to a lot of spin coming out of that part of the world <laughs> so, yeah I was going to say it sounds like you're about to drop a, a documentary on like Panorama I, th- I think is that there's something in that ball and I think you could go a step further and say like Saudi Arabia is a, it's a big country it's, it's not quite got the same population as there but there'll be there'll be people there who who's See, like like we like, like we see at this end, people who want to be in the know, people who want to be. Um, it's an easy thing to exploit, isn't it? If you if you're from Saudi Arabia, no one really knows much about um, who's who's who in terms of the hierarchy of these of the PIF, uh, PF, PFI, etc. Um, you, you, if you if you approach them and say, "Oh yeah, I'm close to this," I'll say this, this, and this. How, who, who are they to know whether or not they have any clue or not? But if you're that guy. And then you got it right. You took a punt and you got it right. Then you, you've made a name for yourself, and people come to you for information. And then you suddenly you're in, aren't you? So there'll be chances and people on on all sides of this. To the point where again, I just I've decided that it's it's <laughs> it's not worth worrying about too much. All these little leaks and and releases because it, it could be anyone. It could it be would make it, taking the uh, piss. It would make it a lot simpler if it was Jamie Redknapp being the leak. Yeah. I know I'd sleep a lot, sleep a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, on, on, it would it would it would make it far easier if he was the leak on both sides, both casting doubt on the deal and telling people it's about to happen. Because um, because then when your panorama, panorama documentary does come out, it can just be don't listen to this bloke, uh, whoever it is. Sorry. If it's not if it's not if it's not Jimmy Redknapp. Um, funnily enough, and then to, to add another twist to the Jamie Redknapp being the mole drama, um, he, he has been seriously backing um, Steve Bruce to be the manager after the takeover, which he is also spinning isn't going to happen on one side of the divide. Um, and then obviously we've had like Simon Jordan, Sam Allardyce, Steve McLaren, bizarrely, um, and loads of other people saying that Brucey deserves a chance 
um, and he's proved himself. And I think there was one quote a day saying we've had a better season than last <laughs> season under Rafa. Uh, you know, I think that's up for serious debate. Um, ben, you know, j- j- just if we just pretend for a minute before we get back to takeover stuff that that all of this is is rosy in the garden and the takeover is going to be complete any day now or any week now. Would you want Steve Bruce in charge beyond the end of the season? No chance, absolutely no chance. I think we've uh, we've talked about this before. I, I think when we spoke about it a little while ago, when we talked about this before, you said you'd give him a chance. No, 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 no. I said so. That's what I was going to say. I was. I said I would probably let him see out the season, but I said at the time, there's no way you can give him the keys to a brand new Ferrari when he's been used to driving tractors all his life. He'd just crash it straight away. So. You cannot, you, you you cannot trust this potentially mega, um, mega deal football club. And I mean, imagine the types of players he'll be trying to get, like Hugo um, Hugo Rodriguez back for like for the tune, and it'd just be like, what are you doing, Steve? <laughs> nah, that as I say, I think he. What I said was, I think he's done a better job than everybody would have given him credit for, which I don't think. I mean, people say being one would probably still criticise that viewpoint, but considering what Sai thought, I mean, everybody thought, I think everybody thought if Bruce was manager, we would probably be facing relegation this season. And, uh, OK, we might still get relegated, but we're, we're sitting 13th in the table at the minute and um, things have, have, haven't have gone as badly as I thought they would have done. Um and ultimately, I just think it's it's a big risk potentially getting in. I mean, a, a big name manager that they're going on about, there, there would probably be a lot that they would want to change straight away. And while you've still got a season to finish, I just think it's a risk, risky thing to come in and try and fix everything when really there's only, what, there's not even 10 games left left to play. Just just let Bruce and the lads crack on with what they're doing. And, and I, I think they're, they're, they'll, they'll be fine to see see the season through. Once that's that this season's over, done with them, we're, we're safe. Then, then get him, uh, get him on that first class ticket to wherever you want to send him back to Saudi Arabia or whatever. <laughs> back as he been before? Um, Probably. With, have you not seen his tan? On, on that point, um, first of all, if there's any tractor drivers out there, I don't doubt your ability to drive. Probably easier. Probably easier for anything. Probably they're probably automatics. <laughs> And you know you don't have to kind of take corners as 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 you do as a tractor. And secondly, Bruce has had money to spend before. Like he, he had like a comparable fortune Aston Villa, and couldn't get them promoted. Um, so I think there the, the, <laughs> yeah. there is a there is there, there is record of him driving a Ferrari, and it's ended up with them being 18th in the league when he was sacked. And also, if they get if they well, hang on, let's wasn't a Ferrari, was it? Alright, well, insert your own level of supercar for large-scale spending at the top of the championship here. How, uh, you, are you calling Aston Villa a supercar? No, the, the, the relative spend in the, in the championship was, was Ferrari-ish. Nah. And he, he basically just drove it the wrong way, you know. He didn't, he didn't crash it, but he drove it the wrong way. <laughs> but, but... Exactly, that's the point. Had a nice paint job on it, had a, had a nice paint job on it, but it was still a, a shit car at the... Uh, there are, yes, there are occasions in which if Aston Villa get relegated because of his excess spending and failure, they'll, they'll probably get points deducted for financial fair play. And, and to be fair, <laughs> if that happens, I say give Bruce two more years. 
because if the Mag- if the Magums are in League One <laughs> and Villa go down from the Championship next season, there's nothing going to make me happier than a, as a Newcastle fan. Uh, obviously, I'd, I'd joke. Um, Bolland on Bruce, do, do, do you think that? I mean, the, my question wasn't so much should he be given the job. It's like why are we seeing all of these people? You know, like Simon Jordan's a good example. Doubted the validity of the takeover, and I think said some pretty mean things about Amanda Staveley. Yet also thinks that Steve Bruce should definitely be given the job. Um, if the takeover that he doesn't think happens happens, I think so. I was who was I was chatting with someone about this the other day, and it's it's a really bizarre job. It's a bit like being prime minister, where people who aren't qualified to do your job or have any remote chance of doing your job can openly just tell you that you're doing a crap job and you shouldn't have your job, and someone else should do it for you. Like, and I think. And this is the only reasoning I can think of as to why these people come out and say these things is because because they're actually in that industry. They also just think it's absolutely balmy that this this goes on. Like, why does some lad on Twitter get to say, you know, Steve Bruce's shit without actually being able to back it up or have any sort of feasible plan of how he would do it better? And I think that is probably something that plays into the mindset of these people where they're just like, this is ridiculous. And it's a bit unfair for him to get his job banded about in public before... There's even been a takeover, and he actually hasn't in context of being Steve Bruce and what we thought Newcastle would be doing. He's actually done a pretty decent job for him, and he's done a, in terms of Steve Bruce, he's done a pretty good job. <laughs> in terms of Newcastle, I think he's done all right. Can I interrupt? I have to say, the only person on record in Newcastle United who's actually talked about this takeover is Steve yeah. Bruce. <laughs> like... He's the one person who's, who's talked about like the fact that he welcomes it and would love to see it happen and would love to be like so. While the whole rest of the clubs in like complete lockdown silence by Ashley or whoever was doing like Bruce is like oh I'd love to have the job I think the takeover would be great so in terms of fuel and speculation <laughs> it'd come from him. <laughs> when Lee Charnley and Mike Ashley literally sat Steve Bruce and said whatever you do just don't. Talk about the takeover. If they ask you a question, you just say no comment. How's the takeover? Oh, Steve, yeah, I man. Think he should be given. I think get the rent, get him to the end of the season. I think then he can. I think he's probably had. In for him, he's probably had one of the best seasons he's had as a manager. I think he'll probably have enjoyed it, but it's time for him to go. Poor. Wow. Shut up, man. We could still get relegated. Get him sacked now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if you're Steve Bruce you look back at the end of the season he's managed his home down club he's done alright you know. he brought Big Andy back he's got the record lowest number of goals like ever we're, we're, we're joint bottom scorers with Nor- bottom of the league Norwich he's won one game in 12 he's got our record striker that, that he signed off on with one goal from like 30 appearances <laughs> It's it's been it's been an absolute it's been a dream come true, Steve. And it's and it, and it, and Cy. <laughs> but to be fair to him, it probably has. <laughs> it's all it's all massively it's all massively ahead. It's all massively ahead though of where we thought we'd be. Because I honestly, I remember you saying you you were like we won't win any games. We'll have near, zero points. We won't score any goals. So even though we've only scored eighteen, that's elated more than you thought he was going to get. So give him some credit. You know what though? I, I, do, I still don't understand how we've won nine games. It is it is by all accounts it's, it's just a miracle. So in that sense, he's he's he's, he's defied he's defied all logic. So he can he can hold himself to that. The only reason we won't go down is that I think it's like the bottom five or even six. Have all lost like four of the last five games, and somehow, even though we've only won one in twelve, we've had a few draws. Our form's still better than than like the bottom five. So even if we continue to be as shit as we have been, we'll anyway. probably be all right. 
So yeah, give him the job for the rest of the season if you want. But I, I worry about the what that is, and um, if there's a really short summer, you don't want to just give any new manager a, a short summer. So just let him finish. The, let let someone new come in, finish the season, and, and prepare for the next. So one. you're saying give him give him next season as well. So <laughs> I'm saying sack him tomorrow. T- take over or not? Has <laughs> been that even with three weeks full training, the players there's no chance they'll be fit enough. They'll be unfit. And some people saw that as get, getting your excuses in early. And um, the I know it's a totally different <laughs> sport, and it might be completely different. But the uh, the chief the chief fitness expert for the England cricket team did an interview, and he basically said um, the players are going to come back in the best shape they've ever been in because we've been hammering them so hard during lockdown in terms of fitness regimes, and just makes me wonder what our fitness regime's been during lockdown. If Steve Bruce thinks that even after three weeks of training. Um, they're still going to be unfit. Like what? What have they been doing these past these past twelve weeks? But I, I also think to to be a little bit balanced. I think I think some other Premier League players and stuff have also been concerned about about fitness and stuff like that. Um, but it should all be relative, shouldn't it? We're not in a different situation at the other nineteen clubs. So I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> if if all, if everyone's knackered and and not playing for six weeks makes you tired, all the players should be on the same level. Yeah. True, and and we had an injury crisis, which should have eased because of yeah. the, because of the time. Um, just really quickly back on on this should he be in charge next season. What's really annoyed me about the discussion and the friends of Steve Bruce in the media bigging him up for 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 a job post takeover, which they say might not happen. Um, why doesn't he just go out and do really well in the remaining games? Like if they were to say, you know what? Well, he's got a great chance. He's got what it it. it yeah, eight or nine games plus the FA Cup, which no one seems to talk about. Going, yeah, going in it. Um, what a chance to, to show new owners, prospective new owners, that he's the man for the job. Not give him the job based on everything he's done this season, which there are pros and cons. But it's like, like Sai said, uh, like you all say, that you know it's better than a lot of people expected, and there've been a few highs, but but God, there've been some lows, and it's been a, a really, really painful watch. Like if that if that that is what they're saying, like look at what he's done this season after spending eighty million quid in the summer. Um, imagine you know, imagine if we'd imagine if we were like eighth or something or seventh. Uh, like what what surely he'd be on the Newcastle job then? Surely it's the Man United job in the summer he should be after. So good would the season have been, uh, lads. I'm going to finish off here on on whether you think this will happen. Um, Bolland first of all, are you still confident of the takeover going ahead? Yeah, I think it'll still go through. I think a lot of what we're hearing is just it's just noise, and I think the people who don't want it to go through, I think there's people who, as Ben says before, want to be seen and look like they know what's going on. I think inevitably it'll happen, but as we all should have expected, with something quite so controversial, it was always going to take some time and probably take a bit more time yet. Now, I think uh, I, I think um, it's it's got to get done. It's got to get done just because it's it's got so it's got to a certain point where it obviously was a very serious bid, and there's there's too much at stake here in terms of it will do the Premier League. It'll, it'll make the Premier League, and it'll be a massive benefit to to the country. I think if it goes through, just in terms as you what you were saying before, in terms of economically, it's it's surely only gonna bring more money in and more investment and stuff like that so um i just think there's there's too much there's too much at stake here for a lot of a lot of things not just newcastle um that it'll eventually get done um, right? um i'm less convinced i think we, we've said it all along that 
these things don't tend to get played out in the media the way that it has here. Um, there's a lot of really unknown characters involved in this who seem to be um, very sure of themselves, which is always worrying. There's always the um, how how asked is Ashley about selling? Is he making it difficult? Is he willing to just sack it off and 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 just crack on? Uh, I, I'm I'm more more in the I think this could go tits up column at the minute um, it just it, it, it's something about it doesn't seem right uh, f- thank you I think that Ashley is desperate to get his hands on a third of a billion quid for the football club that he f- fucked up it's almost that that's the miracle here um, that he's getting this money for doing <laughs> such a bad job so I think he's desperate for it personally uh, I, I still think it will go ahead I think it's real it's purely in the hands of the Premier League. I think there are people within the Premier League, I may have referenced one earlier, who don't want this to go through. And they are doing everything they possibly can using all of their media contacts. I think this is this is bigger than football. I think this is, you know, uh, competing powers in the Middle East. Uh, you've got the, 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 the looming scepter of BN Sports and there's been court cases and, and all sorts of that in the past. And I still think it's happening, but... Um, I can only go on what we're told by various sides and we've been told that it's done and that it's going to be announced imminently and it just hasn't been. And like I said earlier, I think that might be unfair on the buyers that they're constantly referenced as telling people it's done um, because that might not be the case. But if you do take that at face value, what's going on? Uh, And then you have to look at the fact that the likes of The Guardian and Sean Ingle and other sources say that it's going to be massively delayed while the Premier League look for a reason to delay it. The more that proves to be the case in terms of the delays, the, the less confident I get. However, uh, I still believe that the people at the Premier League will do the right thing and approve the takeover. Uh, I still believe that the buyers, I don't know anything about them really, but I still believe that they've got a vision for Newcastle United that is similar to the vision that I share and everyone listening shares and and it'll be the best thing that's happened to the club in in many a generation so I still think it'll happen it just needs to happen soon I think the, the longer it drags on the more sceptical people like yourself Si, like you've just said that with that argument the more sceptical people will come so that's it for today we've, uh, we've talked through um, we've talked through where we are we don't have any information like we've said we hope it's been a, an enjoyable listen uh, you know Hit us any of us up on social media. We're at TFN UFC if you want to talk about it more. Um, thanks to you lads for doing this podcast at incredibly short notice. It didn't tell, did it? We'll be back with lots more podcasts very soon, hopefully, on the takeover that's gone through. Thanks very much for listening.